So good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming. We'll continue with our reading and discussion of the Bhagavat Sandarbha of Srila Jiva Goswami. Uh, this evening we'll discuss the 83rd Anucheda. Bhagavan realization is the highest rung on the ladder of transcendence. Jiva Goswami continues to use various examples from the Bhagavatam of in this section of the Bhagavat Sandarbha uh, to accentuate the point that the Bhagavan conception of the Advaya that non-dual spiritual substance um, is the more complete of the two conceptions uh, that of Brahman and that of Bhagavan. Uh, the next Sandarbha uh, will also bring out this point in relationship to Paramatma and Brahman. But here, uh, when studying this Bhagavat Sandarbha, we should, in our understanding and appreciation of what's being presented, understand that the Paramatma conception is included within the Bhagavan conception that this Sandarbha is presenting. So, Jiva Goswami has just used the example of the Srimad Bhagavatam. And he continues this evening. The Srimad Bhagavatam is an example of uh, the Bhagavan conception being more complete. Otherwise, what was the need or necessity for Srila Vyasadeva to what was what what otherwise what brought about his despondency? He presented everything as as there in the Veda as far as self-realization. So that was presented. He presented the Vedas. He presented the Vedanta Sutra, the Mahabharata, the primary Upanishads, and Puranas. But still he felt some discontent. So Jiva has just used that as an example that the Bhagavan conception is certainly higher. Otherwise, there would have been none, no need for his spiritual master to assist in dispelling his despondency and no necessity for him to uh, rewrite the Bhagavat Purana, Srimad Bhagavatam. Emphasizing, as he did in the second presentation, the uh, Bhagavan conception and introducing the reader quite intimately with the Lord's Raj Leela in the 10th canto, which can be looked upon as the smiling face of the Supreme in the whole presentation. So now he's going to go and he's going to um, 
go to the third canto and use the spiritual progress and progression, systematic spiritual progression uh, in the revelations and realizations of Kardama Muni. Jiva Goswami continues here, while describing the stages of a practitioner's progress towards perfection, Sri Maitreya Muni proclaims the superiority of Bhagavan. Quotes from the Bhagavad Purana itself, Kardama fixed his mind on Brahman, which is beyond cause and effects, which is beyond the gunas and yet illuminates them, and which is realized only by one-pointed devotional service. Jiva continues to expound on this. One-pointed devotional service, ekabhaktya, means by undeviating devotional service, sadhana bhakti. Anubhavite means incessant or direct realization of Brahman, since without devotion nothing of value can be achieved. So in this section, Jiva Goswami is going to show in a progression of verses from this section of the Bhagavatam uh, wherein Maitreya Muni is um, revealing um, spiritual life to uh, Vidura uh, this progression that uh, Kardama went through so Kardama is the the wife of Devahuti and the father of Kapila. And Kapila instructed him to to attain self-realization. So when he was old enough to care for his mother, which was, well, he's God, he's always old enough to care for his mother, (laughs) uh, Kardama could leave home. And... uh, Uh, Kapila took over uh, caring for his his wife. So he shows that devotees who follow the path of Jana Mishra Bhakti. Okay, Bhakti is the primary focus, but Gyan is used as as supplemental to to used in support of attainment of bhakti or devotion mixed with knowledge attain Bhagavan after realizing Brahman now the uh, Sachin Narayan Das Babaji here uh, he uses an interesting analogy which is similar to the analogy that's used elsewhere we've heard of this analogy that the advancement of the devotee um, once he takes to the path sadhana bhakti, bhava bhakti, entering into prem, uh, happens very quickly. 
I think that depends on your pers- what what side of the where you are in your personal advancement. <laughs> but from the transcendentalists, from the self-realized, they look at they look at this advancement and they say it really is quite quite remarkable how quickly Bhakti Devi is able to you know ex- extract one from material existence once they take interest and they advance through the stages. Uh, and uh, those stages have been given by Srila Rupa Goswami and uh, they've been elaborated upon by Bhaktivinoda Thakur who sees those stages coming through even in the in the verses per- personally presented by uh, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, Adhashrada, Tata, Sadhu. And these are most, uh, most thoroughly uh, examined um, probably by... Uh, the great Acharya Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur and his Madhurya Kadambani. But they liken the advancement through the various stages to a needle being going through uh, the petals of a flower, like you make a garland. And it's, it's, that's, but really, the needle is going through one after the other after the other. And uh, here in his commentary, uh, Sachin Narayan uh, Das uses uh, like a like a stapler stapling together pieces of paper. Mm-hmm. So this staple's going through. It seems like all of them at once. He does this to accentuate accentuate the fact that. Kardama Muni actually did experience Brahman revelation before he experienced Bhagavan. So he says here every devotee who has realized Bhagavan is endowed with Brahman Gyan. If you have a million dollars, you certainly have a penny. The pure devotee's realization of Brahman, though, is momentary. And this is different from one, different from that of those engaged in the in the the path of knowledge, Gyan Mark, because they strive for knowledge, and that knowledge gives them the requisite detachment from material. In, Involvement that allows them to attain a, a, a clear and vivid picture of their true spiritual self. So, Bhagavan realization is superior to Brahman in two accounts. It occurs before Bhagavan. So. These are some justifications for the fact that Bhagavan realization is superior. It comes to the trans, the sadhika, the aspiring transcendentalist, the one that's advancing through these stages. It comes first. And then there's Bhagavan realization. So this is one explanation to say, well, Bhagavan realization must be higher because 
if you go progressively and you take the John Mishra bhakti, you're aspiring for bhakti, but you're using jnana supportively, um, you realize Brahman first, and then you realize Bhagavan. So Bhagavan must be better. It must be higher. It must be deeper. It must be more complete. It must be more satisfying and more nourishing to the self. And even for those that are that aren't practicing Gyan Mishra Bhakti, they're just they're practicing Gyan Yoga in order to attain Brahman realization. They need a little bhakti. Without a little bhakti, they're not going to get anything. They're not going to be able to complete their process. They're not going to realize Brahman. So there's five verses in this section where this progression is 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 unpacked by Jiva Goswami. And as far as there needing to be some bit of bhakti, Krishna brings this out uh, in his discussion with Uddhava at the ending of the Srimad Bhagavatam, 11th canto. Religious life consisting of a truthfulness and mercy and learning accompanied by self-discipline are incapable of completely purifying the being of someone who is bereft of devotion to me. In other words, that, that endeavor will actually be fruitless, whatever it may be. You can be, you can be a very, very spiritually inclined personality. You can be a transcendentalist who's embraced truthfulness, embraced knowledge, embraced mercy, and is aspiring for liberation, aspiring for, for self-revelation and self-realization. You can be all those things, but Krishna tells Uddhava quite clearly, someone, you'll never become, be able to completely purify yourself to where you taste the fruits of these endeavors without a little devotion to me. It's just required. He also quotes a verse to substantiate that even more from Rupa Goswami in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. The goals of Jnana and Vairagya, so we would consider those goals Jnana, the goal of Jnana being Brahman realization, uh, renunciation, same thing. However, are perfected only through bhakti, not otherwise. Jiva now continues, quotes another next verse in the, the progression. Being bereft of ego, possessiveness, and all forms of dualism, and being established in the vision of equanimity, Kardama witnessed his true self, being inwardly centered, with his mind stabilized in unfluctuating peace. 
he became sober like an ocean without waves. Jeeva writes further here, because he had become free from the misidentification of the self with the body-mind, Kardama was naturally free from the associated feelings of possessiveness, Nirmama. When these two patterns are absent, even the mind recedes into absence. The phrase, the vision of equanimity, Samadrik, means non-apprehension of difference. Witnessing his true self, Swadrik, means he saw Brahman as non-different from his essential self. Pratyak means inwardly centered. Prasantadi means one whose intelligence or consciousness is free from fluctuation. So here Jiva basically is taking the the Sanskrit sloka and he's further elaborating on the different words um, from which we arrive at the translation. We can see here that as Kardam is progressing in his spiritual revelation the material I and mine is being arrested. The I-ness of, of involvement and the ego in material existence is, is receding and something more significant is coming in its place. And that is a spiritual awareness of what my what my spiritual being is so the material is receding and the spiritual is is taking precedent yes gradually during that the beginning stage Kleshagna um, is are still being influenced by by ignorance um, in the beginning stage, the stage of sadhana bhakti is characterized by those two things, kleshagna, which means the being wrapped up. I think here we're talking more, talking more about identification, mm -hmm. being wrapped up by prior action within the material world and beginning to feel the auspiciousness of spiritual practice is the beginning stages of sadhana bhakti. Well, actually, the, the whole stage of sadhana bhakti. I don't think we can... They manifest during sadhana bhakti. They begin to manifest right. during sadhana bhakti. Right. So, yes, the, the material I-ness and mindness are, are definitely going to recede as as the modes of material nature are slackened and their influence on the over the sadhaka is actually replaced by a spiritual influence. Uh, in the beginning, the spiritual influence is one of discipline. Uh, the whole practice is, is taken up and primarily, 
primarily fueled by the majority of sadhikas by a life of discipline under the direction of the spiritual master. As that discipline service, uh, as one advances gradually over some extended period of time, at least for me, <laughs> then it becomes more than discipline. It, it, the, the practice is then gradually fueled by a taste for the practice. So then you have, as a Nartha Nivriti recedes gradually, then a taste, it actually becomes, there becomes a taste for spiritual life. Then the real arresting of the material mind is being replaced. It's, it's because you now have a spiritual mind who has its own spiritual senses of are gradually oh you know they're they're taking precedent and the material mind is receding into the background only to come out once in a while and create some disturbance just to keep us on track but you know basically you're right yes as we as we advance then we would hopeful be hopeful that that taste would, which is definitely coming about by a material. What what is the what is the duty of the mind within material nature? It's simply to accept and reject. Uh, in spiritual life, I think the mind's uh, primary thing is simply to accept. <laughs> If we can come to that platform of the spiritual mind, then the spiritual mind is simply seeking, uh, you know, acceptance in the transcendental uh, plane. On the liberated platform, one cannot engage in service without a suitable self-identity in relation to Bhagavan. You have, in order to do service to Bhagavan, you have to have some relationship with the Supreme. And in the beginning, that is simply, well, in the beginning, beginning, that service is executed by uh, recognizing the spiritual master as the Supreme, as your Supreme, as a, as Krishna says, he is me. I am the spiritual master. So we start there. and uh, But gradually, entering more deeply into spiritual practice, one, uh, one will develop a taste, first of all, under the direction of the spiritual master uh, for a specific form of the Lord. And we call that direction... Uh, a school of transcendence and the school of transcendences are called sampradayas and each sampradaya has a different uh, a form of the Lord which is predominant for those uh, uh, within that school of transcendence Kardama did not consider Brahman his ultimate goal, 
he transcended Brahman and attained transcendental eye awareness and mind. And the next stage of his revelation, he saw the Lord everywhere. That's explained here. Jiva goes on, in this way, even after Kardama had awakened to the experience of Brahman by the influence of devotional service mixed with Brahma-gyan, he advanced beyond it on the strength of his culture of devotion, attaining love, praying, and further yet, direct experience of Bhagavan. This experience of Bhagavan realization is explained in the subsequent verse. With his mind fixed on Bhagavan Vasudev, the omniscient, eminent self, through supreme devotion, Kardama attained his true self-identity, becoming free from all material bondage. Jiva Goswami's commentary continues, explaining the verse he's just quoted. Pratyaga Atmani. The imminent self means the shelter of every one. Kardama attained to his true self-identity, Labdatma, which is to say that he obtained transcendental eye awareness, mind, and so on, all of the nature of pure self, Tadityatmaka, owing to his all-consuming disposition of devotion. Bhakti Bhavena, which was supreme, Parena, meaning that it was characterized by love, praying. The import is that after his material ego mind and so on were dissolved as a result of Brahma Gyan, he attained their post liberated counterparts. Now, sometimes you hear the the expression, uh, your your senses become spiritualized. Uh, well, you can't really spiritualize inert matter. So what happened? What's happening factually is the Shrub Shakti is is bestowing upon you a mercy manifestation of the transcendent mind and senses. Because the material mind and senses actually are becoming dissolved. <clears throat> As stated here, as a result of Bhagavad he attained their post-liberated counterparts. So, it's not that the material mind is transformed. The material mind is dissolved and the spiritual mind, the counterpart, actually becomes available uh, to the sadhaka, which is of the nature of unalloyed being, visuddha sattva. So this is interesting. This is the way when we hear this terminology, visuddha sattva, pure sattva, we've, um, there's a couple ways to look at the terminology. First of all, the terminology is used, and it's also misused. Now, Jiva's already touched upon pretty thoroughly the misuse of 
this terminology in that one thinks that Sudasattva is a purification of the sattva goon of material nature. So in a similar way, we're just talking about the material mind. It becomes dissolved. It's, it's no longer active. And the material ego, the I-ness, the who am I-ness, becomes dissolved. It's not that it becomes spiritual. The, the Swarup Shakti is of a different nature than the material Shakti. So it's not that it's transformed in any way. So similarly, we've gone through that part of the discussion where Sattva Goon, especially some people who are mis, misrepresenting Brahman realization itself, the radical non-dualists, will say that the conceiving of a form of the Lord is simply the imposition or the upadi of the mode of goodness on Brahman, and therefore you have a form. But it's still the material mind. But no, that's not being that's not what's being spoken of. That's what's being brought out here also by Jiva Goswami, again in relationship to the revelation of Kardama Muni. That his material mind, his material awareness, I-ness, ego, was dissolved and his spiritual so similarly his what what are the, what are those counterparts composed of and if we look at the supercharged spiritual energy of the lord his swarup shakti and we look to those aspects the general characterization of those those aspects we look at Eternity, knowledge, and bliss. Sandini, Samvit, and Ladini. So when we when we look at the surcharged energies of eternity, knowledge, and bliss. Now there's automatic eternity, knowledge, and bliss pervades the Brahman. It exists. It's cognizant and well there's some pleasure in the fact that there's no material influence there and we should understand that 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 is what the pleasure of Brahman revelation is it's there's no there is that is the primary source of that ananda there's no right basically what are that what's that spiritual mind and spiritual inus composed of what's not material mind there's not the subtle 
elements of material nature, mind, intelligence, and false ego, those don't exist on the spiritual platform. So what is it? It is Visuddha Sattva. It is that transcendentally surcharged chit potency, that cognizance of transcendence. I am spiritual. I'm, a, I'm, I'm aware and I want to increase my appreciation of the beauty, the beautific vision, at least that's a place to begin, Santa, but, uh, you know, something's better than nothing. And then from there, more identification with a specific I-ness, and then that I-ness in relationship to a specific service, that I-ness, in, in relationship to a loving, re, you know, developing a loving relationship with the Supreme. And one in essence and constitution with the bliss of love. So basically, the technical point here that I'm trying to bring out is the fact that this Sudha Sattva there is there is a sattva that is not of the nature of the material modes of nature and that is the basis upon which the cognition of of one's true spiritual being so some some sadhus write and present the fact that the chit potency, or more specifically, uh, some vit potency, is can be viewed as when they when they refer to Sudha Sattva. So an objection can be raised here. Jiva is raising his own objection. What if the material mind, ego, and so on reassert themselves again? What if they raise their ugly, ugly heads again and assert themselves? Uh, or what if the transcendental I conception, mind, and so on are also, also result in bondage, just like their material corollaries? What if? What if? The material mind comes back, the material ego comes back. Or what if their transcendental counterparts take interest in material nature? So Jiva answers that. This is not the case because it is said that the transcendental self Identity emerges in the state of freedom from all bondage. Mukta Bandana. So the transcendental mind and the ego emerge when one is completely liberated. They fully assert themselves at that time. 
This principle is stated in the Brahma Sutra. And actually, it is the final sutra in the Brahma Sutra. The scriptures declare that a liberated being never returns to material consciousness. It's interesting that it's the final sutra in the Vedanta Sutra. And what's the Vedanta Sutra provided to humanity for? It's to give us a, a digestible form of all the all the important sutras presented in the Upanishads. So we could be confused by all these Upanishadic statements regarding the nature of the self, the nature of being, and we, there's a lot there. And so the Vedanta Sutra is meant to, to, to give us a cliff notes, so to speak. But still, you need an explanation. Those explanations are provided by acharyas. Those explanations are not all the same. All the acharyas don't agree on the basic idea behind ideas presented in the Vedanta Sutra. They agree that on the Vedanta Sutra but they don't agree on what the Vedanta Sutra means in all instances. So where there's those variant schools of thought, again, we talk, go back to the concept of a school, and that's a sampradaya. So you have different sampradayas, and in order to establish a school, well, you need to have somebody give you a commentary on, you need to put out a commentary on the Vedanta Sutra to substantiate the legitimacy of your school. If you can't do that, simply growing ivy on the side of your building is not going to get you recognized. Got to be accredited. Yes. Also, and I remember this from since you know, forever, whatever, almost 50 years ago. I, I believe that sutra is stated twice. Uh, I think it's anavrti shabdat, anavrti shabdat. That is correct. You're right. Friends. So it's uh, presented twice in the Vedanta Sutra? Stated twice. Okay. Anavrti shabdat, anavrti shabdat. Don't miss it. Yeah. It's interesting Underline. point. Exclamation. How many exclamation points did the 13-year-old girls put at the end of their tweets? Right. OMG. The scriptures declare that a liberated being never returns to material consciousness. Anavrati sabdat. Oh, that's what that, those words mean? That's the final sutra is what Swami just quoted the sutra. Sabdat, and what's the other? Anavrti sub... Anavrti shabdat. Anavrti shabdat. And that means we never return. Yes. Okay. Now, there's a commentary to that, of course, from Baladev Vidyabhusan, 
and I'll give you the commentary from his first commentary on the Vedanta Sutras. He did two. And one was just found. Did you know this? I was in Lompoc, California. How would I know? No, no, no. It just This is a new book that just came out. I haven't had a chance to discuss it with you. but uh, There's another commentary on the Vedanta Sutra by Baladev Vijabhushan. He wrote this before uh, uh, the Govinda Bhashya. And it's called the uh, Karika Bhashyam. Karika Bhashyam. And there, his commentary to this final sutra is, the sutra says that those who have attained either the personal or impersonal form of the Supreme Lord through bhakti or jnana, bhakti you would get the personal, jnana you would get the impersonal, remain eternally in supreme bliss and never return again to this ocean of suffering caused by repeated birth and death. And this is based upon uh, the Smriti uh, Sloka Chandogya Upanishad. All right. Well, thank you very much for your association. Thank you.